So we're coming to a passage now in the book of Romans 7 that is, has had controversy surrounding it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And many, many books have been written about this section. And listen, I know it may sound egotistical, but uh, I have to say it. I don't think there is any controversy. Rather, I don't think, I don't see where the issue is. Actually, I do. But the fact is that if you have a partial understanding of Romans, then, of course, you'll have total confusion when it comes to this particular section. But if you have a a more comprehensive understanding of the book of Romans, I believe it becomes very clear what Paul is talking about. Well, anyway, thanks for joining me today. Colin Cook here and How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel, how our God, through his Son, expressing his passionate love for humanity, rescues this planet from itself. We, of course, are our own worst enemies. Um, you don't need a devil to sin. If the devil died tomorrow, uh, would you continue sinning? <laughs> well, of course we would, and that's the problem that we have. We are against ourselves. And this is not to say there isn't a devil. That's not what I was implying. I was saying let's not blame him for everything, because very often we create our own situation. But God, in his love and his mercy, comes to us in Christ and takes away the burden of our sin and its power. Well, now, let's uh, just remind you how you can listen to this broadcast, because some don't realize it while they're even listening to it, that it's available in other places as well. You can hear it on the radio at 10 o'clock in the evening, you know, at and 4 in the morning on KLTT, AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states. You can also hear the program on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, Podbean or Spotify or SoundCloud or Google Podcasts, Chrome Podcast, uh, uh, Google Chrome, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. So then, what is this passage we are about to look at? Um, it's found, as you realize, in chapter 7, because that's where we're working on right now, this chapter is about freedom from the law, freed from the law. We have died to the law. A shocking idea for many Christians because they are um, very concerned about how to live the good life and how to teach others to do so. But some have slipped into moralism and legalism and perfectionism, not understanding or rather forgetting that the gospel is about how Christ takes the burden of our guilt and shame and sin upon himself and takes the judgment for it. Once we know that, then we learn that the new life is not a moralistic life, living in harmony with the law, but rather it is a life devoted to Jesus by faith in him and loving him that leads us to do far greater loving works than the law could ever produce. So, chapter 7, you see, is part of uh, four chapters, 5, 6, 7, and 8, which describe life in the kingdom of grace. Now, Paul, in chapter 7, has talked about this death to the law, 
so that we can learn how to live by faith in Jesus and have fellowship with him. And he explains that the law actually excites sin. It stimulates sin. That's chapter 7, verse 5. When we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law. And he goes on to explain that uh, uh, sin, that is Satan behind sin, takes opportunity of the law and produces in me all kinds of evil desire. He takes opportunity by the law by ramming the law down my throat, as it were, in condemnation and judgment, and says, there, take that. That's what happens to you when you do wrong. And the guilt from the law and the shame actually stimulates more sin. Well, now, Paul says, why is this? Although I I admit that I have just explained it to you. He hasn't yet, but now he's going to explain it in his own way. And what is his explanation? Here here it comes. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now this is, as I say, an astonishingly interesting passage. It is incredibly intimate, and it is controversial for several reasons. Some ask, is this Paul talking about himself, or is it Paul talking generically about the human race and using himself as an example of it? And then the second part of the controversy is, is this Paul before he was converted or after he was converted? And so this controversy, as I say, has raged for centuries. You see, there are people who don't like what this says because they are, well, I'm giving my opinion now, because they are perfectionists and legalists, and they cannot bear to hear Paul talk like this. 
because they want to believe that Paul, of all people, has a, is an overcomer, a victorious Christian. He's teaching us all how to legally obey the law and how to become perfect by the law and through the Holy Spirit, albeit. But still, he's talking about the sanctified life. So if so, how could this possibly apply to Paul, some say, before, uh, after he was converted? This is surely before his conversion. But then there are others who say, no, you've got it all balled up and wrong because the righteousness that we talk about in the book of Romans is righteousness accounted to us. It's not actually ours. We are still sinners. Christ justifies the ungodly, not the godly. He declares innocent the ungodly. And while we were enemies, that's, by the way, seven, Romans 4, verse 5, and uh, in addition to that, while we were enemies, we were um, reconciled to him. That's Romans 5, verse 10. So if you forget this and misunderstand, so the argument goes, and I believe that this is the right argument, um, if you forget that Christ is your righteousness, that you don't have any innate inherent righteousness of your own, then you will certainly not understand this chapter or this section of chapter 7 because Paul is admitting that he is a sinner still and that he is in bondage uh, to sin and yet um, he uh, counts himself righteous in Christ. He goes forward and grows, of course, like us all. We do try to grow in Christ um, and we have this desire to do good, and we do many good works and good, uh, compassionate care we give to the poor and the needy, but still there is within us a natural, inherent dragging, of da dragging down, um, which comes from the sinful nature which we live in. So that's the other argument, you see. So you can see why this is a, a major controversy. And I will tell you that the people who have who believe as I have just described, tend to be of the Lutheran um, uh, faith or uh, f uh, various faiths that have flowed from Lutheranism, that have flown, <laughs> let me get it right, flowed from Lutheranism. Uh, on the other hand, the, uh, the people who believe that this is Paul talking about before his conversion, uh, they are people who uh, tend to have flow, flown, <laughs> I keep getting flown and flown, mi flowed mixed up, flowed from uh, the Methodist movement or uh, the Anabaptists of the uh, uh, Reformation period, those who believed more in the um, perfected and sanctified life, they are the ones who think that Paul is talking about his pre-conversion life. Martin Luther, on the other hand, and others would say, no, this is post-Christian life. This is the reality of what, what we all face. So what do you think? Well, I certainly don't want to uh, 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 merely debate this on the air here with you in an imaginary way, with my counter-self, as it were. This is an important issue that faces us as spiritual, and, uh, spiritual men and women who are also sinners.
But let me at least say this before we continue this next time, and that is, look at the first verse I read. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Now, I want you to notice that. The law is spiritual, which is to say it speaks about the heart. It's not an outside, um, it's not concerned with outside works and outside rituals and external issues. The law, as Jesus revealed in the Sermon on the Mount, deals with internal issues. Whosoever hates his brother, Jesus said, is a murderer. So, you see, it's internal. It's talking about the internal issues. It's a spiritual thing. But we are carnal, that is, fleshly. We, and that's the problem. That's, this is the key to the interpretation of this whole passage, the fact that the law is spiritual, but we are not. Now, some people get that entirely the opposite way around. And they say, well, the law, that's carnal, that's external, that's uh, just dealing with legal issues. But I'm a spiritual person now. I've graduated from the law, so I've moved on. Boy, watch out for that, let me tell you. We all need to be humble before God, recognizing that the law has described the spiritual life of a man and, and woman, and yet we, even though we are Christians, are carnal and we do not match it. That is, we do not match the law by a long shot. That interpretation that I've just given you should give you a clue to the whole passage. Your donations would be very much appreciated to keep this teaching going on the air, and so thank you for your support. It's co it costs $39 per 15 minutes to broadcast. If you'd like to make a donation, please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thank you then for all your support. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.